Hello everyone and welcome to The Connected Podcast. This is the place where we discuss people, ideas, marketing, technology and anything else that feels right. I am Sasha Owusu, Senior Planner for the TED Department at Mediacom. Hi, I'm Sue Uniman, Chief Transformation Officer at Mediacom. And our guest joining us today is Louis Georgiou. How are you, Louis? Oh, I'm good, thanks. Very good. Welcome. Thanks, everyone. Good to be here. Louis Georgiou is the founder and director of Code Computer Love, where he's worked for the last 22 years. His background in creative technology immediately positioned the agency as a digital leader in the North. Now 100 strong, Code develops award-winning digital products for major brands and is nationally recognized for his digital excellence. In recent years, Louis has led on cross-platform strategy and user experience, working directly with many of the agency's clients. His passion is utilizing technology to create engaging customer experiences that deliver results, as well as collecting vintage Lego digital watches and transformers, uh, which I'm sure I'll pick up on later. Um, very good to have you on the podcast today, Louis. And uh, one thing we start asking all our guests is, um, considering how the world is at the moment, how has it been for you? How's the last year been for you, not only on a work level, but also personally? Yeah, well, if I, if I think back, I suppose it's definitely been, there's been stages through this whole pandemic, hasn't there, really? Um, and I think the first, you know, the first few months was like the first wave. And uh, to be honest, each of the stages has, has kind of been interesting because I, I, I'm one of those, I, I like change and I like the adaptation. And that's, that's you know, in a leadership role, that's kind of what makes life interesting. Um, the last 12 months, I suppose we were starting to, uh, as opposed to stabilise, we're starting to get we were at where we're absolutely getting used to uh, what was looking like to, to be a, a longer term norm. And then probably this year, I suppose it's been great in that we can definitely see that, uh, you know, our, our benchmark has been kind of our new business growth. So I can see that out there, there's, there's a lot of positive movement and some positive sort of change. And it feels like the world is uh, is, is trying to get back to, to kind of normal and get back to growth. And that's been exciting. Yeah. Um, but I suppose we've gotten... Um, We've just gotten even even more firmly embedded with our kind of remote working, working from home, and uh, and so yeah, so so I suppose you know, and I've gone, you know, I've, I've gotten really used to that personally. I'm quite fortunate. Well, you, well, and you all work in agile, right? Because the other thing to say about Louis is, that as anybody who's been trained by us in agile for the last year, is is Louis has been crucial to the agile development, and actually, agile is now works really well remotely doesn't it uh, the question is how does it work hybridly yeah no exactly that's the thing because it's very much agile working it's just about empowering your teams and a lot of the the, the, the practices that go along with it really bring the teams and people together they're, they're closely connected they closely collaborate that's at the core of that so so it translated to working remotely quite quite easily and I know a lot of uh, big you know a lot of the big tech giants that work with globally distributed teams you know that they all work in that way so it's not been an issue so so it's one of those it's a bit dull in that we've just kind of got on with it and it's been okay and so <laughs> If I'm honest, how I feel now, I feel it's a bit dull because in doing that, what I've taken out is is definitely like the people connection. And mm -hmm. it's the bit that I miss, even though work can carry on. Uh, it's those days when I do go into the office and there's a handful of people and you remember the joy of talking to, to people, you know, 
close in close proximity, not not through the screen. So I'm sure I'm not alone. I'm sure everyone is getting to the point of, you know, just like the teams or Zoom fatigue and just not, you know, just not interacting that closely. I mean, you know, even speaking. the introverts, I think, speaking as champion of introverts, I think even us introverts are kind of getting to the point where we're going, yeah, a little bit face to face would be nice. Yeah. You know, and we're, the teams are really close, tight knit teams. It's like your yeah. family, really, or you know, in some degrees. And so, uh, so it's like you know, missing a whole part part of your life. But, uh, but yeah, but as a family man, you know, there's a positive. You know, I'm spending more time with with like to see the children more more than I have. You know, sometimes I'm gonna get home from work till say 8 p.m. and I just about yeah. took them into bed. But but it's great. You can pop down at five, have the family dinner and then, uh, you know, then get back to work if you need to. But uh, so there's definitely been some, you know, personal positives as well. But uh, but yeah, I'd be looking forward to, to even more time together in the office. That's how we really stay stay better connected, I think. Uh, and I'm just m missing that at work. It's the whole it's like a whole aspect of your work life that was like one of the real positives to me of our work life. We create these cultures and these environments where actually people do their best stuff together. And, you know, and, and at our place, there have been lifelong friendships, marriages, children, all sorts. And that whole bit that has been phenomenal and such a massive change in people is being cut right out. I'd, I'd like to see people get get married through teams. It just wouldn't, wouldn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, I bet it has. Probably has, yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> maybe long distance relationships. Um, you you sounded like you've been quite resilient, actually. I think I think probably you've you've painted the most positive spin on the last year that we've heard recently, which is which is good to hear, Louis. Um, was, is there anything that you'd point to in either your career or your life to date that would that sort of given you the skills to make that kind of relatively smooth transition by the sounds of it well you know I, I think the the nature of our business so we're um you know a, a digital agency that has to be at, at the forefront of technology mm. and customer trends you know uh and and so so if i look back at the things that we've done in our 20 odd years it's it's change radically every few years and we keep reinventing ourselves in terms of the way that we approach work the way you think about it even the things that we build the technology we use so so i think we've just got embedded in us that change is now constant and so quite like change don't worry about uh, you know about change uh and so so on the one hand i've got that and i suppose and, and on the other hand um and this is maybe a controversial thing to say that in in today's climate where we very you know we you know, we're really sensitive about the well-being of our people and mental health i think some of the things that have probably stood me in good stead are some horrific situations that i've been in in my past you know where i've had to you know as a business leader i've had to deal with some you know big big problems and you know be they around clients or work or whatever and uh and it's it's sometimes having been through that and you know doing luckily not too many times but a handful of times over the 20 odd years and you kind of just you know it helps to build up a resilience to to other problems so i look at some problems now and comparatively to some of the things i've been through these are like small fry so i'm i'm less stressed and less worried and it just feels like okay there's just another thing we need to deal with and we'll work through practically, logically, sympathetically to everyone. And we will we will get through it. You know, it's not going to 
it, mm. it's not it's not going to be a showstopper. So so I probably have a maybe I have a just a generally optimistic view, uh, maybe shaped by some really you know bad things, but uh, but I, I suppose I'm just generally an optimist anyway about most things. So this is a series of podcasts based around our main theme, which is belonging. Um, and we tend to ask all of our guests what exactly does belonging mean to them and just how exactly does it affect them within the workplace or how important is it to belong within the workplace. So what does belonging mean to you and just how important is it within our industry? Yeah, so to us, I think belonging is um, it's creating an environment, creating a, a, a company where I, th- I think where everyone can really be themselves and uh, and not worry about the the oddities about themselves and you know and whatever whatever type of character and personality they are um, that that we yeah that, that that we like all the nuances of everyone whatever they be and and I think for us maybe because. Uh, again the type of company we are we, we get all sorts of types you know I think you know a, a lot some of our people do conform to what you might you know think of some of the stereotypes a, a lot of the developers are very introvert highly intelligent very mm. introverted mm. you know very very focused etc and uh, whereas t- quite often some of the design team they're a bit more extrovert and uh, you know a bit more gregarious and uh, so so we get a wide spectrum of you know of people across all the different disciplines and specialisms and uh, and we see it code you know we've created like the physical space where people can bring their, their kind of interests in and either you know outside of work or you know wherever their interests are even in work create their own kind of communities around things and so uh, and so we've seen over the years all sorts of weird and wonderful things that people do and and it's great and they they attract other people to to take part in those weird and wonderful things and so so I think that's the thing for us it's like whatever your bag is you know actually you know pe- people will rate you for it even if it's geeky it's whatever you know uh, pe- people yeah people like the strange things about you know that that that, that we all like and do and so uh yeah, so 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 that I think is kind of one of the, one of the that mm. kind of embrace is 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 one of for me one of the things that kind of mm. yeah makes people feel like that they belong in a place you know they they can be whoever they want to be and do whatever they want to do and uh, and never feel shy or awkward or embarrassed. And it makes for a much more interesting place of work, right? If everyone isn't the same as you, and sometimes um, maybe because I've never really. I don't know many people that are the same as me, but yeah. <laughs> but on the other hand, which at times in my childhood was was like painful. But as a, an adult, you kind of go, well, it'd be brilliant. How boring would it be if everybody had the same interests as you? It's, uh... Yeah, yeah. And it's that, that that's yeah for me it was always like through work was how I was introducing new things you know I think anything new new music new films new yeah. new, new whatever it was all by by people at work actually the people that you spend you know majority of your yeah your, your, your day awesome. you know they're the biggest influences and so yes yeah, so that's so those differences are you know what makes life life interesting what do you hope to achieve by the end of 2021 by the end of this year um do you know what? I really would like to. I'd like to go. You know, it may sound a bit sad, but I want to go back to how things were a bit more. Is what, yeah. what I'd like, like to have. Yeah, you know. Um, I, I think it's been it's it's been a a, a really good experiment. Uh, and actually, and I'm glad it happened because I had I had a preconception that that this kind of remote working and this new way of working. 
I, I kind of thought for our very, very team-centric work model, I didn't think it was going to work that well, even, even though I know that it can. And I was I was a bit negative about it. And a lot of the flexibility that we've given all our staff now, we've given them almost any kind of flexibility they need to sort their own personal situations. You know, we've told people whatever day, night, you know, you, you time you want to work to get your job done, as long as it works with your team, you can do whatever you need to do. Uh, and so, you know, I suppose going back at two years, I wouldn't have thought, you know, that that kind of flexibility would work either. So, so definitely, I think we've definitely proven, actually, yeah, mm. we, we can permanently cha change how we define work now. But as I say, I think some of those things being just being together, you know, and, and working together and being just co-located, uh, I'd like to go back to some of that just for those reasons of that that connection with with people. So, I'd like I'd like to see us get get back some way to kind of what what things were like uh and I'd like that by the end of the year <laughs> yeah. moving on to some of our more personal questions mm, um, yeah what is your favorite line from a poem song or a book uh that's, that's a that's a very very good question um <laughs> maybe what's your favorite line that you can think of from? I can think of yeah there's uh well, there's, there's so many songs actually. I'm a, I'm a huge Beatles fan. Uh, I was obsessed Aww. with the Beatles. Yeah, I was obsessed with the Beatles from an early age. In fact, from the age of 15 to 18, I only listened to the Beatles uh, for, for three intensive years, uh, and so I was always quote. You were close to what was you were close to a lot of contemporary music then. Well, I was, yeah. So, in fact, it was at the same time. It was my other love that happened after after yeah. the fact are the whole Manchester music scene yeah. at the time. So, yeah. like Stone Roses. So there you were in Manchester, shunning the Manchester scene for the for the pool. Yes, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. And I was quite I was quite vocal about it this <laughs> at, at that time. This modern stuff rubbish, as you know. Ah. So, as a gobby 15, 16 year old, this is what we need to be listening to. Yeah. And it was only a few years later, I was like, actually, it was very, very good, that Manchester stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and then when I went to university, then I, then I became, you know, a, a massive Ma Manchester mu music follower. So a lot, lots of Beatles songs. Um, I suppose the only other thing, one of my favourite um, favorite films growing up and still is, is actually Mary Poppins. I'm always there. Uh, I'm always quoting Mary Poppins. <laughs> uh, in fact, when I do, we, we run town halls and various mm. things as well. And yeah. I often, my outro music is often various, various songs from Mary Poppins as a okay. wave, wave people off. <laughs> One of my quirks that I like to. Uh, so uh, Mary Poppins or uh, Lennon and McCartney. Let's see yeah. what comes. <laughs> So which give us a give us a line. Oh, give us a line. Yeah. You. Oh, here we go. Um, so um, uh, any of the lines for I suppose oh, I don't know a specific line. Uh, um, in my life, if you know by by yeah. the Beatles, there are places I remember all my life. Though some have changed, some forever, <laughs> not for better. Some have gone and some remain. You know, I, I do love that. Um, and from Mary Poppins, you know what? The, the one that always gets me is when George Banks is having his moment at the end mm -hmm. of the film. Uh, and the song's called um, A Man Has Dreams. And it's kind of when he has this 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 big moment where he realises actually his family and his children kind of mean more to him. And he talks about uh, a man has dreams of walking with giants to carve his niche on the edifice of time. 
and then it's something about his children and, and the line that gets me and all too soon they've up and grown and then they've flown and it's too late for you to give and, uh, and it's a beautiful moment in the film and as a dad it's kind of one of those <laughs> one of those so, moments. So, so, so we're going to press you to uh, pick between the genius that is Leonard and McCartney and um, <laughs> the awesomeness of uh, of a show tune. Well, I'll I'll stick with Leonard and McCartney. <laughs> I'll play it safe. <laughs> if yeah. you were a genie, what five commonly available objects would I have to put in a magic circle to summon you, Louis? Summon me. Um, well, do you know, probably probably quite easy that one because I've had a few obsessions in my life. So the yeah. first <laughs> the first one when it was the Beatles, I've got I've got a, a full suite of original Beatles singles, albums, EPs. So I would grab a Beatles okay. single. Yeah. That's actually, so have I, but mine come from when I was two. Oh wow. So, <laughs> but they're much used. They are far from uh, pristine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just shows the age difference. Well mine are quite so. mine are quite well worn as well. I've played them a lot. So I'd have a I'd have a Beatles. Have record. you got those ones? Have you got those singles that have got the ads on the back? But ads on the back. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So I've got I've uh, and they are they are from when I was just kind of like two years old, which I know is very early on, but um they were my first musical kind of love. And um, the Parlophone um, singles have uh, them in paper covers and they have an ad for like hairdressers, hair dryers and things like hair products on the back. And it's yeah. like a really early kind yeah. of you know, media choice. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I've, I've got some singles with the original sleeves, so there must be. Uh, oh, well, I'll, have, I'll send you a picture of the ones that yeah. I've got. Sure. Right. OK, so uh, Beatles. So the Beatles record, uh, my next obsession was was then probably digital watches. Uh, so I love like vintage digital watches, like from the 70s and 80s. So I'd throw one of those in. Yeah. Uh, then I went through Lego. You're a man outside your time, aren't you? I, 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 uh, <laughs> I love it, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tell us about Lego. So lots of the things then. So it's it's the uh, Lego Technics. So you know, like the like the mechanical type Lego. Um, yeah, and yeah. so again, I started collecting those. So again, from like the eight, probably from around the eighties that started. So so I've got a lot of a lot of technical Lego. So that'd be the third. Uh, the fourth would then be um, the Transformers, probably. Mm -hmm. Fourth. Then uh, well, Sue probably knows that I've. I was in the Guinness Book of World Records, the largest collection of Transformers memorabilia. <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> that yeah. I've got a double page spread in the 2020 Guinness World Records book. Oh, recently! Wow. Yeah, yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. And what? And, and have you have you been knocked off the perch? But... Well, do you know what? I have. I checked a few months ago, and someone in America has beaten me, so I'm no longer the current world record holder. But I was up to a few months ago. And yeah. presumably your kids aren't allowed to play with any of this. It's all. Oh yeah, they can't touch them. It's <laughs> double page spread, so I can send it out when we're sending this session. Yeah, out. Oh, that would be great. Can you send us a picture yeah. of it? We'd love have, that. Yeah, I've got loads of. I'll send you. Yeah, um, yeah. Guinness came and did like an official photo shoot you know, for the book, and they sent me photos. Yeah. Got loads of brilliant pictures. I'll send you some. Yeah. And then, and then the final one. Uh, I'm a, also I'm a major video game geek and arcade collector. So I've got loads of arcade machines. Those I've seen. Yeah. Yeah. So if you could fit an arcade machine in in the genie bottle. Is there a favourite one? Um, 
yeah, probably actually. I've got one. It's a little, it's a smaller one. It was like used to be in um, in uh, like Japanese little small stores. So it's kind of quite cute and it's sort of a famous, famous kind of design and shape. Um, it's called the, well, it's, a, it's a weird name, the Neo Geo SC19. Won't be anything to yet, but in collector circles, everyone loves it. <laughs> So, so you've actually this is quite a high bar in terms of um, commonly available objects. They're not really commonly available, but they're attainable on the open yeah, market. Yeah. But we'd have to splash out, Sasha. To, Indeed, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how far the connected podcast genie summoning budget goes, but it's very different from a packet of digestives, which is what we normally get. <laughs> Willing to go away for this one. I yeah. Um, moving on to the next question. What would you say is your single best skill? Uh, oh, single best skill. Um, uh, I think I, I think I listen quite well. Although maybe my wife might not quite agree. Um, yeah, I don't know actually. Um, yeah, oh, I don't know. It's a tough one. I should have, should have thought about this before. Um, <laughs> well, I haven't met anyone yet, Louis, who doesn't enjoy being in a meeting with you. So if that's your listening skills, that it, it, it might be that. But it's also definitely, um, I'd say that's a, that's a that's a skill in, in itself. We don't all have that effect on people. Well, <laughs> speaking suppose, personally, because well, because I, I suppose I'm. Uh, um, as part of that, I've also I'm 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 quite empathetic, and sometimes it can be a bit problematic. Uh, mm. But but, uh, but uh, you know I try to I think I'm good at assessing a situation and and trying to trying to navigate the right path in in that situation. Um, you know and and that, that that's that's been all sorts of you know weird and wonderful situations. So I I think that that's something that you know whatever, whatever I find myself in. I can always sort sort myself out. Uh, so I don't know whether that that's a skill rather than something, you know, something specific. But uh, yeah, you, you can you can typically drop me into anything, and I'll uh, yeah I'll I'll, I'll manoeuvre through it in 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 hopefully the best the best possible way. Um, that's definitely talent. Um, what would you practice more if you had the time and space? I've got a feeling I know we're going to know what the answer is going to be to this. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there's there's a couple of things. Well, there's one thing that I'd like to do. I, I always um, I always like to have little things going on 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 the side. It was like learning new things. Mm -hmm. So there used to be a time I'd always like to learn a new bit of technology, or I'd try some, you know, some some new you know method or or something. I was always uh, yeah, spent a lot of time yeah, just constantly doing that. Uh, there's one thing I always wanted to do, a life thing. I always wanted to. Uh, design and program my own video game was one thing that I always thought I'd love to have just just done that to um yeah to uh to just see see how, how that goes um yeah so that's just just because that's always been kind of a, a lifelong passion really and I, you know I love games and films and so so in my head I've kind of if I had the time I'd create like some massive epic <laughs> Star Wars scale you know epic do, story. Do, do you play on modern games as well as vintage ones i do yeah so i play a lot of i do play a lot of vintage games in arcades but i do love i love modern games i've got a, you know i've got a modern playstation and you know and what's i do your favorite? what's your current favorite 
Do you know that my favourite type of game is, uh, well, in fact, on like the Nintendo, it's like the Zelda. Do you know that you're familiar with yeah, like the Zelda yeah. games? I, lo I love those kind of, you know, just great stories, but then really kind of intricate interaction and develop your characters. And, you know, there's a bit more. So there's kind of narrative driven, but there's sort of development and exploration. I don't know you've got the time. I mean, I'd quite like to get back into games now, I think. I mean, I was, I had a, I had a fair, I've pro I'm sure I've shown off about this before because it, it remains an achievement of which I'm very proud. But back in the 90s, I got to the end of Super Mario Land on um, uh, the, I forgot what it was called, the Game Boy, on the Game okay. Boy. Oh, wow. Which, which was, which was, you know, so, and, and then to be honest, having achieved that, yeah. I had appendicitis and in the recovery phase, I, that's basically, I, was, I wasn't well enough to kind of read or work or anything, but I could Game Boy. So yeah, having yeah. done that, I then put games aside, but I, I, there's something about the immersion in them, but yeah. um, finding the time is there. It's, yeah, well, when the Nintendo Switch came out um, and the new Zelda game came out on that, and I thought, right, so I bought it in its first week and... Uh, and because the switch was like it's like a Game Boy, I suppose it was like portable. So I I go to bed at, at you know half half eleven, twelve, and I just go I'll have a, a little game before bed, and I'll be at it till three in the morning. Yeah. And, and Sue, so I was probably doing that almost every night for like three months. That that's why you fit it in. <laughs> just it just eats into your sleeping time. <laughs> that's why I often try to go away from the more story led games yeah. because I just don't have the time for them so it will always be a, something like sports where it could take you know 30 minutes yeah, so, like. Sasha, so Sasha what's your favourite? Um, so yeah like, like I said very sports led so it will be FIFA or yeah. NBA but um, I also do like some of the fighting games the Street Fighter I'm a very classic Street Fighter fan. Yeah <laughs> me too. <laughs> me too. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. those are the ones I, I probably enjoy. Yeah. Most. Well, in fact, it, on that, that's probably the other thing. If I had more time, I'd like, I would maybe dedicate it as well to Street Fighter V, because that's probably, because I play those those lo those longer kind of narrative-driven games, uh, and then to break that up, because they're quite intense, I play a bit of Street Fighter, and I've got quite good online. I've got to the gold ranks online, which, which is which is pretty good. You go from the rookie to uh, uh, bronze, silver, then gold. Uh, but you also, all of a sudden you get to a point where to progress past that, you, you've got to really give up way, way too much time because you're playing people all over. You can't there. manage work, family and gaming. No, there's no there's no way. You've got to, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, a, you know, it's a major, major time investment and I, I'm not quite you know willing to do that really. Oh, I hope you push for it one day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'll just keep slowly, slowly chipping away. Yeah. Um, where in the world, real or fiction, and I'm actually going to write it down a country here, so people don't think I'm cheating, but where in the world, real or fiction, would you like to live and why? Yeah, without a doubt, Japan. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Is that what you wrote yeah, down? You, go. Yeah. you can't see it because I've got my screen blurred, but it's Japan. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, without a doubt. I love everything about it. In fact, so when I got married, that's where we went on our honeymoon. Um, and then we went 15 years later, our 15th anniversary, we went back there. That was a, just a couple of years ago. We took the children there with us as well. Um, and I just love everything about it. Uh, again, it's just weird and wonderful. It's yeah. it's just walking through Tokyo, the different districts of Tokyo. Uh, uh, yeah, it's just so many b bizarre things. I just find the culture just fascinating nonstop. Um, 
you know, and we we got tickets for the Shinkansen and the bullet trains and we traveled around a bit and just saw lots of different parts of it as well. And it's just, you know, just like just the heritage, a lot of the culture. And then even the, in the modern stuff, I'd love, you know, I'd, I'd go and spend hours in the arcades. Uh, you know, it's that that for me was just like heaven, just seeing all, all, you know, they've got they've got all the modern games, but then some of the uh, some of the arcade places have got all the vintage games as well. So, yeah, I just in heaven. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd go back there, yeah, and, and live in Japan absolutely. You're meeting of minds here, I can, I can sense that. Right um, now, the question you cannot prepare for from the uh, School of Life. Um, I'm holding up three randomly picked cards and I'm going to say A, B or C, Lou. Uh, I'll go A, please. OK, and it says, what are the best things you owe your parents? Oh, uh, definitely. Um, from, my, from my mother, she, she's like the, the most hardworking person that, that I know. So definitely... Uh, like the work ethic and attention to detail and uh you know and I look back at and I, in fact I, I tell my children sometimes of of the things that that my mother used to make us do just in terms of you know just around around the house just in terms of just being uh yeah uh, uh just like tidy and cleanliness and just housekeeping that you know it was you know it was crazy crazy the stuff she would do but I look back and think actually you know what she really distilled this uh this real sense of kind of uh of kind of hard work and of uh and and trying to you know and perfection and so absolutely kind of get that mm -hmm. and from my father definitely a sense of artistry you know from because uh, my, my dad was a tailor and uh and he used to work from home and you know he used to have a little tiny tiny little tailor's off you know little tailor's room uh at the back of the house uh yet he used to uh he used to produce trousers for um like lo lots of like the, you know Savile Row tailors oh. and a few Hollywood actors as well he's actually you know he's created kind of trousers for them and so so in his field you know he was like really really well well regarded but albeit from you know the back of a tiny house in the, in the, you know in, in the middle of the suburbs sort of thing uh and so yeah so it's definitely those two things and you know to this day you know my mum is still incredibly hard working and you know go to the home and it's and it's always perfect and her you know just her, her attitude about everything you know she'll she'll never ever take the easy route for anything and so i uh so grew up with kind of that you know seeing that and that's definitely rub, rubbed off on me amazing thank you so much for coming on the podcast today we really enjoyed hearing your stories and we hope to have you back soon. And also, if you get a Street Fighter invite on your PlayStation, know it's coming from me. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Yeah, look me up. <laughs> Take stuff. care. Brilliant. Well, Take care. Thank you. Take care. It's fine. Uh -huh.